looked at it. We launched the service last week and the message with this verse. And what's this have to do with hearing? Because hearing, faith has everything to do and only comes through the, the, uh, the, uh, the, yeah, the experience of hearing. Faith only comes by hearing. Amen? This is what the apostle wrote by the Holy Ghost. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing, of course, for the Christian, the Word of God. But the truth of the matter is, it's a principle as well, that faith comes by hearing and hearing whatever. If we give our ears to wrong things, we're going to have faith for the wrong things. Amen? And that's why Jesus said it in that proverb of the parable of the sower. He said, take heed what you hear. Now, this is the, out of the lips of the Messiah, out of the lips of our Lord and Savior. Amen? Out of the lips of Emmanuel, take heed what you hear. Be very careful what you allow in your ear gate. Amen? Why? Because faith is going to be activated for whatever you hear and believe. <laughs> So, faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. Now, jump over to a Hebrews 11.1 1 with me. Now, this all has everything to do with hearing. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the writer wrote, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, I put a couple of things in here in my notes to try to amplify it a little bit. The, I didn't even look at the Amplified to see how it articulates it. But follow me with this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, but if you could imagine in italics here, or not even italics, in parentheses, right here after the evidence. The evidence, the pictorial reality. The pictorial reality. It is the pictorial, pictorial reality of things, things being truths or promises not seen being the evidence, the pictorial reality. Are you with me for a minute? Faith is the substance. Well, what is this word substance or the essence of things hoped for? Do you remember the definition of spirit, of, how, of our composition? Folks, do you remember our, the definition of spirit? Spirit is an essence, a heavenly material. It's not, it's not natural. It's not of this world. Our composition is spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. It's an essence, a heavenly material. And it possesses your spirit, my spirit, all human spirits possess the power of knowing. That's the first thing in the definition in the Greek. Knowing, desiring, deciding, and acting. That's how you and I have been created by God. We are by, by being a spirit being, by just the virtue of the creator, it, we are innately 
comprised in our composition is the capability of knowing, of accumulating knowledge. Are you with me? So I am a spirit. I'm an essence. My spirit is a composition of a heavenly material. And my spirit possesses in your spirit the power, say power, of knowledge. Hallelujah. What a, man, we, we bit the, back in the day, we took it, you know, took the hook and just swallowed that bad boy. We bought onto the, the stuff the devil dealt to us. Man, just get through high school and you're done. Hallelujah. Forget college. Get a good blue collar job. Glory to God. Amen. Just get your diploma and go to work. Hallelujah. Forget that college stuff. Most of the college people I knew, many of them, they ended up working in construction anyway. They had a hard time getting something they even went paid four years of school for. But I thought that knowledge really stopped there. But then in the pipe fitting industry, we had a five-year apprenticeship, two nights a week for three hours a night. There was a price to pay to learn how the, what the trade was all about in addition to working it all during the day. Amen? We are created by God to, to accumulate knowledge every day. Every day. Hallelujah. So if that's my composition and your composition, we have to heed the words of Jesus to take heed. In other words, he's saying to you and I, hey, I've created you a certain way. you got to protect it. Don't take anything for granted. Amen? You and I on purpose need to make our choices and make them clear, have a clear vision of why we're making the choices we do. Amen? And believing that the fruit of what God has promised us is going to come to pass because he said it. So faith is the substance, the essence, the heavenly material of things hoped for, the evidence of things, the evidence, the pictorial, how do I say it? It is the evidence, the pictorial reality of things, leave that verse up, Joshy, of things, now in the realm of things, but let's say first and foremost of all, truths. Truths and promises of God. Say truths and promises. Listen, we, Jesus taught you and I something that if we will take care of his business, he'll take care of ours. Amen. If you and I will reprioritize our priorities, <laughs> seeking first the kingdom. He didn't say that to just the apostles. He said it to the whole crowd. He said it to the people who were listening to him at the Beatitudes, didn't he? I mean, there were multitudes. And he said, seek first. Prioritize this first in your life. It doesn't matter if you're a father or a mother. Amen. It doesn't matter if you're single. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things you need will be added to you. Hallelujah. Amen. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, this word evidence, the picture of the truth or promise. Listen, remember we talked about the seed in this teaching? 
I can have a pack of seeds, and again, I'm using the tomatoes particularly because we're in Jersey, and Jersey tomatoes are yo. <laughs> I mean, if they're taken care of, Jersey tomatoes are over the top. Come on. Amen? But if I don't plant that seed, it's unlimited potential stays dormant. So the same thing is with the Word of God. We can't just be hearers only deceiving ourselves. We have to take the Word that is preached and taught. And listen, yes, you have and you and I have a personal responsibility for as disciples and lovers of God to have our personal devotional time. But we saw in James last week where he said, you, the body of Christ, need to receive the implanted word with meekness, which is able to save your soul. Amen? Hebrews said, forget, don't, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some, all the more as the day approaches. Amen? Say, I need, we, I need, to be, I need the body of Christ. I need the body of Christ. We need each other. Amen? We do. So the evidence here in this definition, the picture of the truth or promise produces hope in our heart. But how does that picture begin to form? By hearing. Hearing the truth, hearing the promise, hearing the will of God. God gave something to Pastor Carol, and I'll tell you what, it needs to be heard. It, uh, it should be, and I'm sure he's saying it to others because he will. But what he said here and through that vessel was, my, the Lord told Carol, my church is yawning at my intents and purposes. Amen. Yawning at it. And what does that, what's, what's go, say, man, what's going on? What kind of satanic activity, and please don't ever uh, ignore this in any way, shape, or form. We have an enemy. Amen? How does God minister to you and I? By the realm of the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, through his leading, amen? Through his word and by his leadings. Amen? His still small voice. Come on. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, let me know you're with me. Hallelujah. That's how he leads us. And there's an enemy of our faith. And the devil wants you and I to be silent. He's trying to shut it down. You can look in the natural things that are going on in the news and in the media and through politics. Politics is a, just a huge picture of what's going on behind the scene. It mirrors what's happening in the spirit realm. There's good and evil, light and darkness. Jesus said, that before he comes, people will start calling good evil and evil good. It's happening. Now they're trying to push a law that children are not to be genderized until they're three or four years old. Are you kidding me? What are pulpits doing? Complying with that? Being quiet? We'll not be quiet about it. Your plumbing determines your gender. Say it with me. Your plumbing determines my gender. That's it. God doesn't make mistakes. But there's an enemy of our faith. There's an enemy of the human soul. Hey, you don't think the devil doesn't know what the signs of the time are? And he's turning it up. 
You know, the Bible says that if, G- if, the, if Satan understood and comprehended what really was going to happen for crucifying Jesus and, and taking him down, putting him in the grave, that if he really knew the resurrection would have occurred, he never would have done it. He never would have done it. Are you with me? I had a thought there. I was on a thing there. I was wanting to compare it. If that, oh boy, Jesus. <laughs> well, let's go on. It'll come back. Praise God. So the evidence, the picture of the truth in Scripture and the promise of God to you in Scripture, it produces hope in the heart. And how does it happen? Somehow, church, I don't, I don't, and I don't understand it. We hear about meditating on the Word of God. We hear about it, and we hear about it, we hear about it, we hear about it, but we never really engage and employ it, or very little. We do it for a couple seconds, you know, maybe a couple minutes, blah, 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 blah. No, the Bible, Jesus said, keep my Word in your heart and in your mouth. He told Joshua, meditate on my Word day and night. Now, you listen, you think you got responsibilities? We do. Amen. We all have legitimate responsibilities, but Joshua had a huge responsibility, like Donald Trump. Amen? Hey, you got all this. You got to lead my people in the battles, dear God. And I'm holding you accountable, Josh. Whoa. Teachers shall incur stricter judgment. Amen? Think about it. Think about it for a minute. So, Joshua, here's my answer to my leadership and for your peace of mind as you go into battle to kill people. Meditate on my word day and night. Keep it in your heart and in your mouth. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's going to increase your faith. It's going to create a picture on the inside of you. You'll be able to see what's happening in the unseen realm before it comes to pass. Well, that's work. (laughs) (laughs) turn your phones off I forgot my phone this morning I came to church and I usually use it just for the time and I'm like oops hallelujah glory to God no ringers amen I've been delivered (laughs) so meditating on the word of God begins to take that unseen promise, that unseen truth that you comprehend to a degree. See, we comprehend the Scripture as fact, and we see it, and we see it as we would see that tomato plant on a package. Are you with me? What's, what's the picture of the tomato plant for? To reveal what the contents are inside. So you and I can hear Scripture, and at face value, we get a chance to see, whoa, there's the, God saying this. This is attainable. This is accomplishable. This can become a reality. Amen? How's it going to become that? Well, work has to go into motion. I am a spirit. I have the power of knowing that knowledge that I meditate on creates desire. See, this is by default. It's the way you and I are wired. Knowledge is going to produce desire in our hearts. It does. It's God's point one, two, three, four. It's the domino effect of, of God's creation. Hallelujah. Amen. So what knowledge I meditate on is going to create a greater desire for it. 
And then the third part of you and I and our makeup is to make a decision. As a spirit being, the power of knowing, desiring, and deciding. Making a conscious decision to obtain that promise. To experience what God has said. Hallelujah. How many of you in here, uh, in here you've heard, lay hands on the sick and they will recover? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how are you going to know if that's true or not? you got to lay those ham hocks on them people. Amen. You're not the healer. Although he did say heal the sick. It's almost like a paradox, isn't it? Well, I'm not the healer. Well, Christ to me is, though. Glory to God. I got somebody I'm toting around. And it ain't, you know, it's the Holy Ghost, <laughs> not an unholy ghost. <laughs> Remember who our partner is in life. You know, I've been number two all my life, and I just appreciate it. I'm number two in my marriage. That's okay. I'm good with that. We have an understanding. We're number two. You were born number two. <laughs> I was number two son. Middle child, though. Yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> so once you listen, the picture of that promise that comes through meditation, say meditation. meditation. Guys, more than ever in your ex Christian experience, you have to develop this habit. You have to develop it. Well, I'm going to keep preaching, but I would. Yeah. Okay. No, that's okay, Lisa. That's okay. No, that's okay. You can help preach. So the meditating of the word of God is to mutter it over and over. All right. Just even for example, we took communion today. The Lord's Supper. Amen. Paul gave instruction in First Corinthians 11 that as often as you do this, Jesus said, he repeated with the words of Jesus, as often as you celebrate the Lord's Supper. Do this in remembrance of me, and you, you remember the death, the cost, the price he paid. That's the beauty of communion, remembering what he did in exchange, to exchange things for us. He became poor that we might become rich. Amen? He took our punishment that we might have his, what? His life. He took our death that we can have his life. That's why death in and of itself, it ain't nothing but a thing. It's a door. That's all death is for the Christian. It's a door. Who gives a rip what time you, you, you give up the earth suit? All I want to know is that when, it, when, in the earth suit, when it's time to give up the earth suit, age has nothing to do with it. It's insignificant. Have I run the race? Have I done what God wants me to do? That's the thing you and I need to focus on. Amen? And, and guess what? If you decide to get married, he said, well, now you're going to have a family that's going to limit you and your capabilities, maybe to some degree, because you have other responsibilities in life. But do not lose sight of the vision God gives you personally. Amen. God gives a vision to you, and he's given a vision deep on the inside. Maybe you haven't figured it out yet. But through seeking his face. Knowing that you know, and it was interesting, James Robinson on Daystar TV on this one program that I have playing all during my devotions. It's called Reflections, and there's beautiful scenery and music and scripture that comes up on the TV. 
But James Robinson, there's a, some different leaders on the for just for the second clips. And he said, do not let anybody steal the vision God put in you because only you can do it. And that's to every human spirit on the earth. God has a special place, a special thing for you and I to accomplish, regardless of our vocation. Vocation is simply an opportunity or a way, one of the ways God opens doors for you and I to accomplish and fulfill his purpose. Amen? I tell you what, he tweaked me big time. Even in the pipe fitting industry, and I worked it when it was real, when it was real pipe. I was married to Carol, and I remember I was 20 years old, and the first job I really showed up on was this huge warehouse project. And I'm, I meet the pipe fitters, and these guys were like six foot, six four, big. And I mean, you know, they were like mini Goliaths. You know, they had to be with the pipe and the weight and the, the weight of the uh, materials that we worked with. And I was just a skinny kid. And I'm looking, I want to be a rock star. I want to be a musician. And all of a sudden, they open up, and I'm seeing these trailers. They open up the trailers, and I'm looking at six and eight-inch Schedule 40 pipe. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, this can't be good. Fortunately, as an apprentice, they didn't make me manhandle that stuff the first day. But I was freaked out. I'll be quite honest with you. There's a way to handle those heavy things. You can either hurt your body or you can use your head for more in a hat rack and learn the art of how to handle things that are difficult. Amen? It was a learning process. It was a learning process. But I thought... Dear God, and I remember I said to Carol, I said, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know how this is going to work into my music career. <laughs> this is ugly. <laughs> Give me a guitar. Dear God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you work, Buster. <laughs> but my point was this. After I gave my heart to Christ, and I was still in the apprenticeship, I realized that God had given me a platform. He's give, he gave me a way to provide for my family and provide for our household. Then he called us to ministry a few years down the road. And I'm trying to reconcile, well, okay, well, how do I take care of the house and all this stuff? And how, how do we start pastoring as well at the same time? How, how do we do? How, yeah, we are pioneering stuff. Amen? And that's what he called us to do, to help pioneer, to launch, help churches launch from uh, ground zero. How do you do this? Well, Paul made tents. The apostle Paul made tents. He used his craft. He had a craft as a Pharisee. And he said that in Corinthians chapter 1, he said, when I came to you, Corinthians, I didn't come as a charlatan saying, you know, supply my need, taking offerings and all that stuff. He said, I worked among you that you could not accuse me for being that very thing. Amen? Then in Corinthians 2, he apologizes to him. He said, I did you an injustice by not requiring it of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But it's not, a, it's not wrong to be able to work your faith for a goal that God has placed before you. 
But the day came when the Lord, this is an amazing thing that happened to my life. I came to a place where I said, Lord, if you want me, we are, we're pastoring and doing the work. And I said, Lord, if you want me to be a pipe fitter and pastor, and, that, and that's the way I understood it that moment, if you want me to do that, I want to be the best pipe fitter I can be for you. I want to glorify you in my craft, in both. Amen? But I came to realize that the greater appreciation I have of his supply and how I steward his supply. Proverbs 22, 1, a good name is more to be desired than silver and gold. You need to have a good name in your craft. You need to have a good name on your job. Your name should be one that's commended and commendable. Our name, amen? So that's where I was going. When I made that decision, I said, Lord, I want to be the best at my craft that I can be, that I can be. I'm not in competition with others. That I can be to glorify your name, so be it. And I came to a place of peace, and it became a joy to go out knowing there's Schedule 40 pipe ahead. Amen? It's just like that pipe ain't nothing but a thing. It's got a place to go, and we're going to get it there. Hallelujah. I'm going to let your light shine through the process. Come on. Hallelujah. My toot and my horn, uh-uh. But I'm telling you what, the decision created peace in my heart. It created joy in my heart. I had some things to settle. And then it was shortly after that the Lord said, I'm calling you into full-time ministry. After I had that resolve and everything, I came to peace. Then he began to reveal the next step. I'm calling you into full-time ministry. He said, wait a minute, I just got this settled. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, go to John 10, 10 with me. There's an enemy of, of our faith, and there's an enemy of your faith, and you need to understand that. He very personalized it. He's a personal enemy, and he's a corporate enemy to the kingdom of God. You are valuable to the Father. You are valuable to the kingdom. And you can't, we cannot afford to not afford ourselves to be good disciples of the Lamb. <laughs> Carol and I have been watching some things, and we'll, hopefully, I'm thinking we need to share that with the, the church somehow, some way. We can do it through Internet, whatever else, by watching it. But this man, Francis Chan, how many of you ever heard of Francis Chan? Or John, minister, great guy. But, man, he just put a thing together on, like, don't, don't worship your family. Do not idolize your family. Do not idolize your family contrary to the will of God for your life. Don't lose sight of the vision God called you to and gave you. And uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, what thing? messages and I'm thinking oh my gosh I haven't been on Facebook a whole lot and um, there's these inbox messages and they're from ministers and uh, and and comments and friends but every one of them posted that this video wow. and then I go on to my um, timeline 
and Megan put it on my timeline, Megan and Luke. Luke yeah, and Megan, by the way, is pregnant with her second. And um, it, it, it was, I just want, thank you, Jesus, because so many are coming against, have the wrong perspective of what it is to, uh, to follow Christ. And putting other things first and saying it's right to do that. And so, and a lot of pressure's coming from inside the house and, or inside the family. Yeah. So it's parents and leaders in our own home. We need to put our foot down. A Joshua 2415D declaration. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is a done deal. That's our resolve. Amen. Now, listen, even though the young may, even though when they get of age, your kids or whatever else, even if they spread their wings and they go off course, you hold fast to the promise of God. You hold fast to the confession of God. That's what I'm talking about, Lisa. You want an example? Every day you stand up and you make declarations over your family and your tree line. Your tree line. <laughs> your tree line. <laughs> the generational tree, family tree. Amen? How do you do that? By faith. You believe that God said it. Acts 16.31, you want some scriptures to just establish something for your family? Because guess what? Hell wants to destroy your family. Hell wants to jump a generation. Hell wants to wipe out a generation in your family tree. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Now, I was going to say something about this, too, is that, hey, you need to be in a place where you're going to hear the truth, where sometimes it may be water in your face. Amen? Listen, a good disciple loves what Timothy, Paul told Timothy, the word will do for me. Every time we hear the word, when Pastor Tim is ministering or Carol or whoever, Elena, doesn't matter. When I'm sitting there, I'm saying, cut me, Mick, I can't see. I'm just like Rocky Balboa. Bless God, if I've been beat up and I can't see and my eyes are bludgeoned, I'm like, cut me, Jesus, I can't see. Nah, I ain't going to cut you. Cut me, Lord, I can't see. And he gets that razor blade out, and he opens that up. The blood spits out. The swelling goes down. He says, Lord, I see three of them. Which one do I hit? Hit the one in the middle. Amen. We need to see what's going on. You need, we need to stay alert of what's going on in society. We don't need a bless me club here. We need an army, and we need a family, bless God. Hallelujah. I love the picture of the bride with combat boots on and carrying an AR for the things of the Spirit. Amen. John 10, 10. Oh, scriptures. Family tree. Let's just take that example. Lisa was saying, well, can you give us an example of meditating? Acts 16, 31. Well, this is meditation through confession. By confessing and decreeing a thing. Joe 22, 28 tells you and I to decree a thing, and it will be established and light will shine on your way. Amen. You want some promises? Get your, get your notebooks out and take these scriptures down. Acts 16, 31. The Philippian jailer, Paul said, believe, he said to the jailer, realized that he, his life was spared because none of the prisoners left the prison when all the gates were knocked open by angels. Come on. And he was going to kill himself and run himself through because it would have been worse to suffer under the Romans' punishment. Paul said, do yourself no harm. Amen? 
do yourself no harm. We're still here. And he just came into his cell and said, what must I do to be saved? You folks are carrying something. I know I ain't God. Come on. He said this. This is your promise. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Hallelujah. The jailer took it. And back then there's a different culture. As the husband went, the whole family went. Amen. It was just, a, that was just the way the culture was back then and in the East. The gospel is not a Western gospel. It's an Eastern gospel brought to the West. Amen. Amen. Say, yeah, pastor. Amen. Second verse. Take Joshua 24, verse 15, part D, the last part of the verse. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I tell you what, every time I say it, I feel like, I feel that warrior kind of spirit. This is my resolve, and I'm not settling for anything less. Amen? That's why, and I tell you what, maybe after September and October, we're, I'm going to get a book for every family unit in here, and I expect you to be here for midweeks if it's at all possible. Because we want to help teach you and train you something, and it's called spiritual house cleaning. Our homes need to get cleaned up, guys. Oh, well, I've been a Christian for so many years. Well, guess what? You need more light, and we need more light. We need to make sure our homes are staying clean. When's the last time you walked your property line and pleaded the blood of Christ around your property? Amen. 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 Thus far and no more, devil, you ain't coming near my home. In the name of Jesus Christ, I apply the blood of Christ. You do it and you look like a nut. Amen. We're walking our property lines and you look like a fool. Well, you don't. Glory to God, you walk that property line, and I plead the blood, the couple, the father, and the mother, you can take the kids and teach them. How about that? Hey, oh, come on, kids, we're going to do something different. Huh? Okay, dad and mom, just take them and lead them. We plead the blood of Christ over our property line. No demon from hell is coming across this line by faith in Jesus' name. Don't be afraid to say demons around your kids. Don't let the other people teach your kids about demons. You teach them. Hallelujah. We don't have to fear any demons. Oh, glory to God. Next verse, Proverbs eleven twenty one b Proverbs chapter 11, verse 21, the second half of the verse. The posterity of the righteous will be delivered. Glory to God. Shoom. I, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you, but when, when you take that stance... And you'd speak it and decree it. Something happens on the inside of you. Hallelujah. There's an absolute assurance. Amen. I believe that I receive what I, that I have when I pray. It's like William Wallace. We didn't get dressed up for nothing. You know, where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Glory to God. Amen. Well, there's a few. Uh, yeah, Ryan, I need Ryan now. <laughs> Write this definition down for value. Do we value what we hear and with the word preached and the word taught? There's more than just doing duty. You're coming to be equipped. 
When's the last time you took some time to meditate and say, Father, I thank you that you have designed the body of Christ that when we assemble, I am being equipped with the word of God. I thank you for equipping me. And the, little, the word equip means to furnish with the proper necessary things and goods you need. To furnish us with the equipment we need. Amen? Yes, you get revelation by yourself. But guess what? God has designed something for you to get in the corporate setting that you only get there. God's wise. He's a wise master builder. Amen. He is. He's a good, good father. The word value means this, relative worth, merit, or importance. Relative worth, merit, or importance. It also means favorable regard. Now, what did James say? And let me say it to you personally, to each one in this house personally. If I, if I was, <laughs> could be the Holy Ghost and him right in front of you, receive with meekness the implanted word, that which is deposited by others into your spirit, because it's able to save your soul. See, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing when you have somebody speaking it to you. Albert, receive the implanted word with meekness. Now, this is the guidance of the Scripture, which is deposited into you by others, implanted, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. What happens? The regard for that instruction in Scripture begins to elevate. It begins to lift us up. It begins to stir our faith. Amen? So, that's why the Bible says, First Timothy 2, he says, pray for all those in authority, for kings. Amen? And, and those in authority. How about spiritual leaders? You know, Kenneth Copeland said something one time. It was so funny. He said, I, you know, I said it in here a while back. But he said, I, it, really, it really, he said, it ticks me, these Christians that pray headache prayers in restaurants. You know, like, oh, Father, bless this food. And they're kind of like embarrassed. He said, Father, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> bless this food. We got to eat it. Bless God. Why are you blessing it? We got to eat it. <laughs> He's putting value on that grace-filled prayer. Amen. <laughs> I got to eat this food, dear God. I don't know what's back in that kitchen. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Value continued. The worth of something, of course, which is kind of like a no-brainer. The worth of something. How about today? The implanted word with meekness. Just the things, if nothing else, the generational blessing and tree. You praying and taking that place. Being equipped again. To, or maybe you heard it before. Peter writes something in his writings, 1 Peter 1.12, I believe it is. And he said, though you know these things, I remind you again of them. Why? Because you may know the word, but if you're not using it, there's no fruit. We have to use it. How do you use it? You act on it. You speak it. Amen? Well, that's a mini snack. Hallelujah. Proverbs 1, 5, and we'll end here. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5 says, A wise man will hear and increase 
learning. Are you wise today? A wise man will hear and increase in learning. Why? Because we're spirit. We possess the power of knowing. It's the very first thing you and I. It's automatic. That's why mothers speak to the baby in the womb from the time they know they're conceived. They began to speak. Listen, Muslims do it. Muslims do it from the time they're pregnant. They lay their hands on their belly and they say, Allah is God and Muhammad is his prophet. We need somebody to grab the folks from the children's area. Oh, you do? Time out. Allah is God and Muhammad's his prophet. Why? Because they understand that that baby is, has the ability and capability of hearing the mother's voice. It resonates with that fetus. What do we do? Jesus is the Lord. He is God the Son. Hallelujah. We had Jehovah's Witnesses come by the house yesterday, got them out to the curb, blessed God, welcomed them. And he said, I said, are you Jehovah's Witnesses? And they said, yes, we are. The elder said, yes, I am. Yes, we are. Him, him and the disciple, and I said, I'm a witness of Jehovah. Hallelujah. And he said, oh, which watchtower, which kingdom hall do you belong to? I said, I belong to a kingdom, but it ain't no hall. I said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I said, I got born again April 23rd, 1974, laid the wrap on him 730 in the morning. And I said, he gave me a new heart. And I said, he is not only the son of God, small g for your book. I said, he is God the son. And he will transform your life. And I said, what was your background? You had to have a Christian background. And he said, I was Baptist and Methodist. And, da -da -da. and I thought, dear God, what gospel are they hearing? Or what gospel are they not hearing? Amen. Well, a wise man he will hear an increase in learning. Father, bless this house and each one of our lives. Lord, that we wouldn't be hearers only, deceiving ourselves, but effectual doers of the work. Hallelujah. And we'll work your word, Father. That faith, God, Father, that your faith and that it's your faith. Jesus, you said have God's faith. You didn't say have faith in God. You said have God's faith. And we thank you for it. It's encapsulated in the word and confirmed by your spirit. For every person in here personally, for every family unit, and for this house collectively. In Jesus' mighty name.